This is the Analyzing Anfield podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the best tactical and statistical analysis of Liverpool FC. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Analyzing Anfield. I'm Josh Williams, and I'm joined by David Hughes, and we are live once again. How are you, how are you doing, Dave? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Yeah, I'm. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. But we, so this week anyway, we're obviously taking it forward again. But we're, we're sort of on our Liverpool that ideas, to be honest. So we're going to um, we're going to talk about the only football that's playing at the minute in Europe, and that is the Bundesliga. Um, obviously it, it, it started this weekend. We previewed it a little bit last week in terms of players we were looking forward to seeing. But um, I caught some of it. I'm sure you caught some of it, Dave. So I think we're just going to talk about players that we enjoyed watching, players that maybe. Have a bit of a future, um, possibly an, an eventual move to Liverpool if they get good enough and, and that sort of thing. So, I could also mention as well that me and Dave aren't wearing the kit. Um, <laughs> we, have, we have got different tops on. <laughs> That's crucial yeah. to include in it. Yeah, we've got different shades of colouring on, like, but um, thankfully, our, you know, our like, sponsorships come through on the show at last. So, um, you know, we have to start representing a little bit more. Yeah. How's the way going uh, well, you, I'm, I'm joking, by the way. I don't want to upset anyone with that Nike sponsorship, but, you know, if they are interested, then let us know. Um, yeah, it's get, you know what? It's getting to the point now where it's starting to grow down rather than up. So it's, I'm still not proud of it. I don't think I'd be, uh, I don't think I'd be sporting it if, if we were into normality, but it's getting better anyway. I'm hoping in a few weeks it'll start, uh, it'll start looking okay, you know, start looking intentional. <laughs> yeah. That could be the weekly little hair update, then we'll come back to that next week. Yeah, I'm sure people are clinging on that. <laughs> I think people they turn off after that, I think. Yeah, I know. Run past them. <laughs> um, so without further ado, I'll let you start. You can, okay. uh, you can put the first player down. Yeah. Um, just just quickly before we do start, what did you think of the action, by the way? I was I actually was quite impressed. I thought it was a lot more, um, a lot Initially. of a better standard than I expected. Yeah, but initially it, it definitely felt weird though. Initially it, it felt like I was watching a training game, which is just, obvious because there was no no supporters there and stuff like that. But yeah, someone said the, to me though that they watched it without they watched it on mute and it it aided the experience a little bit in terms of um not hearing the silence. But I I quite like the uh, I quite like listening to the communication between like the staff and what the players I should say the players and um the management because you never ever hear that at that level, do you? Yeah, no, I think it'd be I think it'd be good to be there and to experience that you just pick up on which players are vocal and which players aren't. Mm. But just watching it as a spectacle, I do think it's it's definitely different. I think home advantage completely goes out the window. Mm. I, I, I think it's it's generally gonna be a lot of the best team just wins. Yeah. Um, yeah. and the best players just thrive. So I think I think I think certain players who are maybe a bit more um let's say up by the atmosphere mm. and, the, and the noise and stuff like that. I think those are going to take a little bit of a hit. And I think there's, there's been certain players over the years that I've watched that, you know, once things become too easy or, or something like that, they take the foot off the gas. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Eden Hazard comes to mind. He's a, he's a player who seems to, once things get a little bit too easy or once the game's won, he almost just starts messing about on the ball and things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think without the crowd, it can have that kind of impact. On a player's mentality, not to take it fully seriously or, or something like that. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it, I think that actually happens with teams as well. You know, if you look, if you look at the Dortmund Schalke game. Dortmund kind of it was a it was an easy afternoon, wasn't it? Four 0 win. But if, last season, obviously Schalke went there. They were a pretty poor side last year, and um, well, a lot worse than what they are now. And they ended up getting a the result there. I think it was a crazy like was it like four all? If, if memory serves me right. Yeah, it was um, something mad. I think it was 4-2 at one point and then he was a late comeback or something. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you just wonder if maybe going into the lines then a little bit um, kind of kind of geez them up a little bit to find a little, a little bit of an edge. And it did just... And obviously, there's other factors this time around, but it just didn't seem to happen on Saturday. Um, and you wonder if that was maybe an, an influencing factor. Yeah. I mean, I, I was listening to the commentary personally, and I think Steve McManaman 
the, the fella that you're starting to look like now. He's <laughs> 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 on the commentary. Uh, some KLs in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I, I like him as a, as an extra ball and stuff like that. But he's, uh, he, he, he very quickly was making judgments on, on the intensity of Dortmund and how seriously Dortmund were taking it because they were trying to build from the back and <clears throat> things felt a bit slow. Things felt a bit slow, but... I just felt he was a bit harsh at the time, and I think he was he was very slightly impacted by by the lack of atmosphere in the ground and how how different how different it is to watch basically. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably agree actually. Um, I think it just it was a period of adjustment, wasn't it, to the first twenty minutes? But on the whole, the games that I watched, I thought it was certainly you know a lot more competitive than I expected, and some teams performed pretty well, and there was a lot of goals as well, which was which was nice. I think there was only one nil nil all weekend. And that was Dusseldorf. Um, so yeah, interesting. But yeah, they were the two bottom sides as well, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, they were. Um, I, I must admit, I didn't catch that game. I just saw the results. But I, I mean, I'm I'm glad I never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. Um, in terms hey, of play, go on. I was, was going to say, tell you what, should, should we start with with whatever play you've got down from the Dortmund game? Seeing as that was the first game, and that's what we're talking about now and stuff. Yeah. Um, the only thing is, I try to focus on players with, with maybe a little bit of a Liverpool interest. And of the players on my list, the, the person I've flagged in is probably the person who um, there would never, ever be any kind of Liverpool interest there. But I still think we should flag him anyway because it was a good performance. And it was Tom Delaney um, okay. playing in midfield. Um, I, I gathered he just, it, it was his first game back for a while. Uh, I think he's had a tough injury this season. But um, I'd look at the numbers. I need the third highest number of interceptions across the whole uh, weekend in, in any fixture. Um, I just thought yeah. he played really well in midfield. Um, I think that number is he Danish. So I think he's Danish with some sort of American or Canadian connection in there. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what the specific is on that relationship. But I think he's. I think his passport is Danish and. Um, yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, he played really well. If you think if you're playing, if you're getting those interception numbers playing in Dortmund, who um, obviously playing, they're not a side who are necessarily constantly sitting back. They're obviously playing in transition and stuff. I think it shows that he was kind of put in a really big performance, and he only played about sixty odd minutes as well, which uh, kind of shows how he was almost everywhere on the pitch. I just thought he put in a really good performance and. Uh, and he impressed me in that game. Maybe one of the people who went under the radar when you got the likes of the likes of Haaland and and um, Brandt playing. Yeah, I mean, I must admit he, he drifted a little bit under the radar for myself as well. Mm. Um, I was maybe a little bit more focused on the attacking players on the day purely because of the goals, probably. Um, yeah, I mean, there was plenty there, and I'm sure you'll the them now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one player I've got down from the game is is uh, Rafael. Guerrero, hopefully I haven't butchered that too much. Um, <laughs> I think that's right. Though. Commonly a bit of a, a bit of a left back, I think, but he's being used incessantly by Lucien Favre as a left wing back, um, with a back three behind him. Mm. So he's able to attack a bit more and stuff like that. But yeah, you know, he scored two in the day. I think I'm pretty sure he scored two in the day. Yeah, uh, it was a. Uh... You know, it, it didn't he score but... the that kind of ridiculous. Um outside of the foot one where it's it was like I, I think he took it with his left and put it like top in let me find out um, or am I getting confused let me check I, what I can't even remember what, well I mean we looked that many goals I'll check now while you're having a, having a chat yeah but he was just he was just very very offensive during the game which is obviously not new for him but when you're watching him when you don't usually catch him catch him performing it, it did come to mind that you know when a few weeks ago we was we was looking for alternate an alternative Liverpool eleven. Yeah, I seemed to play exactly like Liverpool would if Liverpool's entire entire eleven didn't exist. He yeah. was a player that I I probably should have given a shout to towards you know if Andy Robertson didn't exist and Liverpool had Guerrero. I yeah. don't think would I don't think he'd even say but the role that differently. No, you know what. As you're saying this now, I'm just watching a clip of the clip of him leading up to that goal that I'm talking about, and um, it is running reminds me so much of Robertson. He's 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 coming in from the, the it basically Dortmund have got all the play out on the on the right side, and he's maintaining width on the left left, and the ball's played out to him, and he's just gut busting run with it, 
feeds into Haaland, who plays it back. And then, yeah, it is that goal I was talking about. And then he just kind of does this left-footed outside of the foot touch into the top corner. It's a, it's a ridiculous finish. Yeah. But he, he, he takes um, he takes a lot of set pieces as well. I know he takes he scored a few free kicks in his time and stuff like that. I think he takes a lot of set pieces for Portugal too. Mm. Um, so he's obviously a very attacking, attacking full-back and got loads of offensive traits to his game to the extent that he's on the left. And I think interestingly as well, they've got Hakimi on the right. Ashraf, who you mentioned a few weeks ago as a mm. as a potential, you know, an alternative to Trent. Obviously, at that moment, they let him go to Liverpool. Yeah. yeah. The way the two perform, I did think from a Liverpool angle, considering this is Liverpool podcast, they, they was very, very similar in my, in my head watching the pair of them play. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 there's, there's, there's real good balance on um, on either side in that position, which which is important, isn't it? Because obviously it means you can, and it's it's how Liverpool do it as well. You know, if you if you focus on trends, it'll be switched to Robertson or vice versa. Um, and then that's why my Dortmund is so good. Um, I thought they looked really good, to be honest, on um, on the weekend. Yeah, just to capture a little bit more on um, Hakimi there, I'm going to have a goal at presenting. I always worry about this. Um, but there is the pass map of Ashraf. You see that? Um, yes, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't see it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've got it. But you can obviously capture there the, the number of um, switches of play. Sort mm. of thing, yeah. um, and it it it's it's not quite translated under Arnold, but it's, it's not far off, and it's 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 enough to suggest that if he if he did play for Liverpool and he saw a bit more of the ball, I don't think he he'd struggle that much with Trent's responsibilities. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree totally. Um, yeah, he's he's just a really good player, isn't he? Uh, it, 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 I suppose the only issue in terms of not getting very excited is what you touched on earlier that. It, he seems like he's just solidified in the top side now and probably won't be making any huge transfers anywhere uh, when he goes back to back to Madrid. Yeah. I mean, um, Guerrero, Guerrero's now 26, so he'd probably peak years right now, really. So I'd expect him to keep spending those at Dortmund. I can't see him move anytime soon, certainly not to Liverpool. Mm. Um, but he just, he just showed up to me as a, a real a real attacking threat for his team, from, yeah. despite yeah. playing in a you know, what commonly is a deeper position. Just as quickly, Josh, someone's um, left a comment with us, Liam M, said, uh, watching the German football made me realise that they all play the same style of football and thankfully the Premier League is all different playing styles. Um, any immediate yeah, I can see where he's coming from. Yeah, it's, it's, it is quite, it's, it's from, quite frantic, isn't it? It seems like a lot of it's in transition, but I still think there is a little bit more versatility then perhaps perhaps is being alluded to there yeah well there, there's actually one team in that division don't know if you want to have a guess who the, the only team in the whole of Europe's top five leagues who average less possession than Newcastle Um, is it someone like Paderborn or something no it's Augsburg oh is it really yeah both 37.5 percent possession. I think they have. You know so what? Obviously, they're a very sit deep and counter attack type team. Mm. I feel like we, I feel like we may have looked at them once before. Where are they in the table? I'm not sure where they are in the table. Actually, yeah, I'll bring it up. Liverpool obviously got Ragnar Klavan from there a few years ago. Uh, um, but yeah, I, so I think, go on. the 14th in the table. So they are uh, the. Mm, four, four points clear. So oh, they're they're in they're in the relegation kind of battle, but they're not you know necessarily the worst team in the league. There's worst teams in the division. And Newcastle fourteenth as well. Right, they look like the table. Thirteenth, uh, yeah. Thirteenth. Thirteenth. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I know what he's saying in terms of the transition game and things like that. But yeah, you think you still get. The, the odd sides who are a little bit different. I think Dortmund are a little bit different. Mm. Augsburg obviously a bit different. Um, Bayern obviously a lot more dominant. Leverkusen see a lot more of the ball than you'd think as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely a fake that way. I, I do. I, I, I think in terms of watching the division, it, it, it's it's a it's a really good kind of league to watch. Just in terms of how kind of 
like end to end frantic is it like sometimes it's like basketball games just um it's just kind of ruthless really in terms of how, how, it, how it's quickly just possession changes hands a lot um i'm just having a look while we're talking there by munich um 66.8 percent possession this year so it'd be interesting to Maybe if, if you watch more of them, you'd probably see more kind of control and dominance, like we like we watch when you see City and Liverpool playing. Yeah, uh, Leverkusen sixty two point three. So those games are probably a little bit more what what we're used to seeing when we watch like Liverpool in terms yeah. of control. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree on that. Yeah, did you catch the Liverpool Leverkusen game? Yeah, I did. A few of the players I've got down here actually filmed that match. I was I was quite impressed with Leverkusen. Yeah, I've got one myself from there. Do you want to throw it in there? Throw it in the ring then. I will just because I'm, I I think we may have the may have the same player just because I'd be surprised if we won't. Um, but I was really impressed with the the Arby for Leverkusen. Yeah. Um, I thought he he was a really good player. Um, I will hug the floor. I know you got some. Do you want to want to touch on with him? But yeah, I thought he was a. A, a, a really good attacker, you know, really dangerous. Um, can use both feet. I'll let you elaborate on that. Um, thought it was interesting that he's. He, I, I looked at his numbers from the season, and to, it seems like a lot of wide forwards now are used as kind of attackers. So you know, cutting in and getting taking shots on goal, but he averages about twice as many crosses per ninety than shots per ninety. So. It kind of maybe paints him as a little bit more of a um a creator than goal scorer. Um yeah, yeah. got four goals and five assists now this season, so that would marginally back it up as well. But I just thought he was a really exciting player. And as I said, it's it's very difficult to he's versatile. I think it's very diff, difficult as a defending side to to know which way he's gonna go on the ball. Yeah. Well I'm as well elaborate on that bit. Um I've, for, for those that follow me on Twitter, don't don't know that I've been kind of looking at two footed passes, two footed players in in each division lately, um, and I'll have another go presenting. Apologies for those who are listening back on the podcast because you obviously can't see this, but um, this these are the most two footed passes passes in. Hang on a minute, can't see it. I'll leave that for a sec. Well, he, he, yeah, he's he's twenty years old. Um, PSG another 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 club to let another top youngster go because they didn't have Konku go in the same summer, I think. Yeah, he's like that. Like, to be fair, um, I've let some talent go, and he was one of the what names that you said. Yeah, but I, I, I can't really explain why they're doing it because they're clearly going elsewhere and thriving. Mm. Um, like this is the this is the graphic. Hopefully, you can see that. Yeah, we got it, mate. So they had 20 most two-footed passes in the Bundesliga for those that have um, accumulated at least 300 touches in the division. As you can see, there's quite a few Leverkusen players there, actually. Uh, mm. Sven was one who played the other day. Um, pretty sure Omer Toprach was or is contracted to Leverkusen. Um, but ninth on the list there, you can see Musa Diaby. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's quite impressive considering he's he's a player who operates in the final third. So, you know, a lot of the, the top four, for example, are defenders. Um, obviously unpressurized in deep areas most of the time. So that's certainly a trait that anyone who signs the Abbey will benefit from. I think I think lately he's been linked with Arsenal, but I must be honest, though he's a good player and though he showed up as well in this game. I don't I still don't think he's particularly ready for a Premier League game yet. And if it if he was to move to to England just now for a top sixteen, I do think he'd show up as um, needing a few years before he reaches a consistent, reliable level of outputs every week. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, but I'd still, I maybe not from a Liverpool point of view because Liverpool obviously have a point where they just need like the. The top one percent in the game, but I think he could he could move and be successful. And just with that age being twenty, I feel like you could really let him develop, and in three or four years' time, could be a top talent that you could make a lot of money on. Um, I don't really know what the, the the score is there. I don't know how long he's been tied down to a contract that Leverkusen. Um, and obviously only joined last it's year. Just, didn't he, 
Yeah, it's it only joined a year ago uh, for about 13 and a half million, apparently. Mm-hmm. So, quite a steal, to be honest, because he's going to go for at least double that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's the problem, I suppose, of, of recruitment at the minute, because these players are now getting identified so quickly mm. that Arsenal can either wait for him to do a bit more on the pitch, wait for him to be a, get getting closer to his prime before moving in, or they just jump in now and make sure that they've got him. But as a result, you have to persist with his flaws for a few years, really. Yeah. As, as I said, depends. he's only 20. I think it depends where on the food chain, doesn't it? So you were maybe like... Uh, um, it was a good example. I'm not using Everton, don't want to use Everton. Uh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe you're in Newcastle who, with the investments and they can go out and maybe buy a couple of players now. Maybe Newcastle, he'd go there and there's an expectancy to be the best and he could kind of, you know, play his trade there, make the mistakes, improve and then make that big move. Whereas at Liverpool, I just don't think you could do that. You know, I just think you'd really struggle because Liverpool need to win every game every week virtually so you need someone who's just really high output and contributing massively um, so yeah mm, it's a tough one yeah what, another player for me on the day same match who, who showed a level of maturity beyond his years I'd say is someone we were speaking about during the game mm. um, Edmund Tapsoba yeah yeah um, I was really impressed with him. He, he, don't get me wrong, he didn't really have to put up with a great deal considering how little Bremen offered him um, mm. in attack. But just 21 years old, um, he was signed actually as recently as January um, for 16 million from Guimaraes. Hopefully I've said that right in Portugal. Oh, so he's um, sad, yeah. Yeah, and he, he just looked completely... He looked like the type who's never phased. He looked mm. un, un, unflappable. Um, and that's a really valuable trait, I think, in a, in a centre-back. I don't particularly think he's the most uh, progressive on the ball. I don't think he's like a, you know, a defence-splitting centre-back. I don't like that by any means, but he can play the ball. Uh, he's at ease with the ball at his feet. And he just, when he's when he's defending situations, he, he just looks in control of himself. And I think that's a big trait, especially watching Van Dijk over the past couple of years. He's, he's a centre that just looks consistently in control of himself. And in control of situations, top sober looked a little bit the same to me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I thought, uh, well, as you touched on, we we were speaking about it throughout the game. Uh, I thought he was he was really good, stood out. Um, you know, six two, big, strong. Um, but he just didn't seem to. And again, we're making conclusions off one game against not the best side. Like I thought, I actually thought Bremen were were really poor. Um, but he just seems to have no real weaknesses. Um, and I was quite impressed to see he, he attempted 92 passes in the game and completed 91 um, which is which is insane okay as you touched on there um, I wish I, I could probably shared it but it's not that interesting but a lot of, a lot of those balls are you know uh, sideways short so it's not like he um, he split defences or putting balls into the box but I don't always think there's that necessity to take huge risks on the ball. You know, sometimes you just need a central defender just when you're in possession, keep things taken over. You know, we compare, compare his really strong performance to, say, um, to Debo um, on the weekend. You know, I don't think he played that well. He's obviously getting linked with moves to the Premier League, isn't he? Um, and he, he looked up, isn't he? Yeah, and he was taking a lot of risks in possession. Um, just for anyone who don't know, this was this was Schalke, uh, but he's uh, he's on Barcelona's books. He's being linked with a uh, twenty million move to Everton amongst other clubs. But he, uh, yeah, he, he seemed to be trying too much in possession. Was getting caught out in possession, and it was just a it was just a real issue um, in terms of inviting pressure, giving the ball away in dangerous areas. And as I said, it's a completely contrasting. Um, Kind of performance to what to what we saw from uh, Tapsoba, um, really good defender who looks like he'd go pretty far. Yeah, just one little note on that, Sadiba. Um, I don't want to come across as a bit of a dinosaur here, mm. but one thing I really didn't like watching him and thinking about how his game would translate in England, he was he was down on his backside in pain three times in the mm. first half, yeah. and. I know that's not a big deal necessarily, you know, I'm not 
and uh, as I said, I don't want to come across as like, you know, this is England and all this nonsense. But um, he just didn't look robust enough for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's the type of very subtle thing that I think can offer an insight into the character and the mentality of a of a player. Um, I think there was a, there was a moment where Carland from a set piece turned round quickly to make a make a move and like bumped into him, and Sadiba went down. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, I said over six foot. And I just I couldn't get my head around it, and it's the type of thing that, as I said, I don't want to look ancient. But I just I don't like seeing it, especially in me defenders, and especially in defenders that I'm looking on bringing to England. Yeah, I'm trying to. How how tall is he? I know he doesn't have the. Uh, um, um, I'm trying to find him now. If I can do it really quick without slowing us down. Um, six, foot, six, six foot three. Yeah, see, six, he's six foot three. Okay, he isn't. He has got the hugest uh, build in terms of you know muscle, um, but. Yeah, as a defender, you kind of just want to seem solid. You know, that's that's what you want. You don't want to be seen as a weak physical link. Uh, you look at Van Dijk and what's everyone talk talk about? They talk about his stature in the defence. You know, you don't want to be going to one v ones with him. You know, like aerial battles and stuff. And if you think you can just lay in a little bit as an attacker on the defender, and he'll go down. Then it's you know, it's if anything, it's a little bit of a boost, I think, for the attacking team. Um, I don't want to completely write him off because I have to be honest. I haven't watched them a lot, um, except for this game, and this game was bizarre in in many ways. In first game back, strange scenario and um, no environment. But I was I, I was disappointed, um, and I definitely I definitely would be wanting to see him a few more times before kind of jumping onto the height that he could go on and be a a real top ender. Yeah, just in terms of that day when you say like writing them off and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I agree on that. I wouldn't write him off. I it's just mm. a case of with it being the first one of the first few full matches I've seen play, it's it's just a very small red flag that I would yeah. be looking out for the next time I watch him to see if he's if it was just a one off game or if you you know, that sort of thing. Mm. Especially um, in the Premier League, especially in the Premier League. It's a very yeah. physical, isn't it? Yeah. So who next? Um I'll I'll shift it I'll shift away from um from Leverkusen for the moment and I'll go on to another side who performed who I thought performed really well and that was Gladbach Gladbach Charlie at, um away at Frankfurt three one win um I thought they looked really good I don't know about yourself um and uh, Ben Sabani I thought played really well um he's the he played at left back um he's a player that I, I really like. Um, and he's probably of the players on on my list. He's maybe one that I think you know he could do a job at Liverpool. Um, Have you got his age? Yeah, he's twenty five. So okay, I still I under I think we're we're touching that um, we're touching the the age where you start thinking is it worthwhile investment? But I still think if you got him at twenty five, that would that that would you know represent some good business. There's still plenty of years. At, a top level. In fact, still you could say the prime uh, playing eight years to come. But he's a versatile player. Um, he's got five goals from left back now. He got a goal on the weekend and he got an assist too. Um, and this is with missing, you know, um, about six weeks of the season through injury. Um, but he, he, he's he's part of a side that you, you know they have very fluid, dynamic tactics, as we know on the rows. Um, so he's he's heavily involved in the in the final third. Um, averages one point four shots per ninety, which I think for left backs fairly high. Um, but yeah, loves to get forward. Um, really good pace uh, in transition, so going from defence to attack. Um, he's useful on overlaps, on underlaps. He's just a really good player. He's someone that I think could potentially come into this Liverpool side and and do well. I know, I'm, you know, no one's pushing Robertson out, but we, we have acknowledged that maybe there is some cover needed in that position, and I think he would be a really good sign. I, I agree with you on that, there, yeah. So I just I was going to say as well, he's really versatile. So for Algeria, he plays as a centre back. Um, I think he's like midfield. Uh, you know what? I don't know, but I'll I'll check now. Um, two seconds. I was actually concerned when you mentioned his name because I, I I thought he was the lad who, towards the end of the match, 
Meister absolut gesehen. Ich kann mich nicht glauben, aber Meister, aber ich habe nicht gesagt. Nein, ich habe nicht gesagt. Ich habe nicht gesagt, 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 ich habe nicht It's 83 um, minutes, I think it was, um, what was his name? I got up in a sec. But yeah, no, I, I feel what you're saying. I'm just saying what this big, this big XD chance was in the game. But, I mean, irrespective of all that for the moment, we'll come back to that in a sec. He's, he's 6-1 and uh, on the whole, I thought he has a really good game. He's a good player. Um, yeah, and he's just someone I wanted to, wanted to flag. I'm, yeah. I'm sure there were penalty in the game. I'm just making sure he didn't take it and miss it. I'm not going to get some stick here, but even if he did, I'd still stick by me the comments because I thought he played. Uh, I thought he played really well. Analyzing Anfield on the Blood Red Channel. Now the lad who, who missed that chance that I just been referring to. Oh no, so we buried the penalty. That was it. I was trying to remember if someone missed the penalty. There's been that many games this weekend I've, I've watched, but no, his goal comes via the penalty. Um, but yeah, really good player. Come on, what were we going to say, sorry? No, the one I'm talking about was Jonas Hoffman. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Absolutely says that it was. Don't know how he missed it. Um, but I, I want to give a shout out to someone that we seem to mention virtually every week, but I can't look past Timo Werner again. Mm. Um, Two shots on a day, both of them hitting the target. But more impressively, five shot assists as well. So directly involved in in five of Leipzig's shots. Um, but even around that, he was just he was heavily involved in in everything that Leipzig did. Mm. That was good, basically. Um, yeah, yeah. One thing I dig up on, I think there's been talk earlier this season about some learning how to be a false nine and all this sort of stuff. But when Leipzig were building from the back from the goalkeeper. Um, rather than hanging on his shoulder, which you'd expect a player with his piece to do, mm. as man does, as Salah does, he was doing what Firmino would usually do, and he he was taking up a bit of a central position and dropping back into in and around the centre circle, mm. and he was being that man to effectively bring Leipzig to the final period, mm. um, which you know captures like the fact that he's he's quite a complete forward now. He's, he's certainly learned new elements. Um, yeah, like facilitate as well as goal scorer. Yeah, he, he, so I basically summed up as you know, he's kind of doing a bit of what Salah does and a bit of what Firmino does as well. Yeah. Um, which suggests that, like, you know, if he, if he was to ever come to Liverpool, um, as well as being good enough to start, he could almost certainly um, provide cover for effectively all three positions, all three of them. Yeah. Um, which I think if, say for example, if you were to ask Salah to be Firmino, if you asked Charles to drop off to all middle, the middle third and, and start linking the play, I'm not saying he wouldn't be able to do it, but I think it'd be a bit more alien to Salah. Mm. Um, but the way Werner did it, I was going to post a few of the, few of the gifts that I had on Twitter, but I just thought, you know, with the Bundesliga, like, Bundesliga licenses and stuff like that, I just thought it's not even worth it. Yeah. Um, just to capture that, um, he played nine progressive passes during the game, which was bettered only by two defenders. Um, you know, progressive passes, I'll get the definition up in a sec, but it's the, they are passes that forwards don't often tend to make. Um, so the fact that he's, he's completed nine during the game, obviously, Kathy, how much he's contributing to his team's build-up play rather than just finishing his team's moves. Yeah, it's 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 a lot easier for um, players who play deep to kind of rack up progressive passes, isn't it? Because you know they're normally on pressure and they can play balls. They've got more pitch to play the balls into. But if you think of his positioning in the game, you know the chances are that these and these are probably threaded passes that are in really tight areas um, and are normally going to be really valuable in terms of creating chances. Um, I I didn't get to watch Leipzig this weekend, but. What I will say on 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 Werner is that I um, just over the last few weeks, and this wasn't even in preparation for the Bundesliga. Then, um, I've been watching a fair bit of Leipzig games just in my spare time, um, just because I always talk about Nagelsmann. I'm like, I, you know, I, I've 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 looked at those 
first click. I was like, I just want to watch the mechanics of his of his team in a game, yeah. you know, just in different scenarios. So uh, in doing that, I've been watching a lot of Werner, and yeah, his his movement's crazy. He, he comes so deep sometimes to link the play, um, and he's re- he's really dogged as well, which is something I under underestimated in him in terms of like his. Is, you know, kind of with the ball as feet, he's he, he's really driven, and when he's closing people down, he's really driven, and it's it's something that maybe is a little bit more difficult to capture in the numbers. But when you watch him, it really stood out, um, probably more so than Firmino is in terms of. You know, Firmino always seems effortless at times, where he seems a lot more like bit between his teeth. Um, just something I picked up on when I was watching him. Yeah, I just I, I can't stress enough like how. Um... Just how much of a Liverpool fit he is. It's it's mm. actually it's actually scary how, how tailored he is to what Liverpool currently are on the clock. And he He's also got, clearly wants the move as well, doesn't he? Yeah, well by all accounts he um yeah. he only wants Liverpool to the extent that he'd he'd stay at Leipzig for another year, apparently. Mm. Before moving to Anfield. Uh, yeah, on those progressive passes. So a progressive pass defined as completed passes that move the ball towards the opponent's goal at least 10 yards from its furthest point in the last six passes or complete passes into the penalty area. Um, his completed passes into the penalty area on the day was four. So he's completed another five there, just simply moving his team up the pitch. And as I said, that's right. You don't often see Salah and Mane do. I don't think it's... I don't think it's because he can't do it. I, I think it's, you know, they're not particularly instructed to do that, but for, for Vince to do it, I think what Nagelsmann's doing is, you know, he's he's letting them learn outside his comfort zone to just basically challenge him, I suppose, improving before he gets that big move. And I think he's getting to a point where he's, as I said, he's just a proper poor player. Um, he's got the raw aspects to his game that makes Liverpool's possession game a little bit rough and ready sort of thing. But he's also really, really technical and can build from the back and, and, and that sort of thing. He can, can drop in with the, the ability to scan over shoulders and stuff like that. So, yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, who knows if Liverpool will sign him this summer because of the financial problems and stuff like that. But he just looks absolutely tailored to the extent that we, we have to sign him as soon as possible for me without being unreasonable and saying we need to get him now or FSG out. Nothing like that. But I, I do think we need to make sure that he's he's around feeling it sometime soon. I I don't think a year more at Leipzig would be the worst thing. I think given the current climate of of things with finances and um his development at at the club, I think a year wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because Liverpool's still in a position where everything's perfect with the current front three. That potentially, you know, just twelve more months continue that development, and then as there, as maybe there's a little bit of change in the guard, you can start coming in and, and you know, kind of fill those gaps when when needed. Um, it's just, yeah, it, I think it could potentially not be the worst thing in the world if he has one more year where he is. Yeah, I suppose it depends on what what you mean by that in terms of it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Do you mean for for him or from a Liverpool perspective? Because Liverpool are going to be without. Salat and Mane in January if if the if the African Cup of Nations goes ahead as expected. Yeah, so I I, did, I guess I was thinking there from a, from a player's point of view, um, because yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that it, it, there's just another year development and a really good side. That's that's um, you know kind of I wouldn't say mirrored Liverpool's tactics, but certainly on the same lines. Um, I think it would really just mean he could step in step in the year after and kind of be a, a regular. From the, and, and you can be expecting to take the good running. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I'd, I'd have no issues with him spending another, another year on the Lagos, man. To be honest, it's just a case of wanting to make sure you tie down to, to mm-hmm. Liverpool to start. Yeah. Um, and, and wanting to ensure that we can, Liverpool can still compete in January without selling money if, that, if that's how things go. Yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting. Um, just on the deal itself, I wonder if they'd be open for maybe another cater type deal where I get, say yeah, get the paperwork boxed off now um, and then have it ready to go, the, the move actually ready to go next next year. Just yeah. um, just on Leipzig, the, the game, it's, as I said, I didn't watch it. Um, 
just because it was on the stand of the door Chelsea game. That's what that I, I opted to watch. Um, but the narrative seemed to be that um, Leipzig stumbled, and I suppose result wise they did. But I had a back, I had a look over the numbers afterwards, and it seems like the they battered them really and they were just a little bit unfortunate yeah I mean I didn't catch the full game yeah but they, they did look really unlucky um, and I expected goals going to FB ref of 2.1 mm. um, against Slybit 0.3 so that's yeah. in 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 a, in a completely fair world I suppose to an extent at least that's a 2-0 win really but I think Flyberg scored from the from the first set piece that they had um, it was just a corner, need little flick on towards the back post to keep it at no chance. Um, and you know, obviously, I think we've spoken about in the past the importance of scoring first. Mm. Um, Leipzig didn't, and as a result, they were chasing the game, even despite that, they, they did enough to win for me, but just one of them days, I suppose. Yeah, I think 20 shots they had nine of which were on target, and as you said, they Friday got one. one, one shot on target, which was that set piece. Um, so yeah, a little bit of a little bit of a tough one for them there, but um funny enough, yeah. Flyway actually nicked it in in added time. But it got disallowed because he was offside. Oh, did it? Oh, so it could have been yeah. thing, couldn't it? But it was actually given though by the referee until VAR took it back and he was offside slightly, but yeah, it was nearly a, a proper robbery. Yeah, I uh, there was a player obviously I we were talking last week, weren't we, about um about players who we were looking forward to catching glimpses of this weekend and one I picked was was Lima. Um and I'm I'm just having a look at his, his numbers now to see if he was if there's anything special in there. Um he seemed yeah he, he seems like he had another good game to be honest. Um he's someone that I, I do think could potentially come to the Premier League someday and be a be a top talent. Um yeah yeah two progressive runs, tons of passes some chance creation as well, fairly good stuff in defence. Well, I mean, uh, midfield defence-wise, um, yeah. And sorry, that was just off the bat there, but I want to see how he got up because I haven't really looked at it since, since I said him last week. But he's some, he's a player I really like, and that Leipzig side. Yeah, yeah. Um, another lad I want to flag is Leipzig. Uh, Leipzig, Leverkusen's young ever Bundesliga player. I'm right in saying. Um, I don't know if you picked up on him, Dave, but Florian Vertz. Uh, I, I saw that, saw, saw the game, but I, I no. <laughs> 17 year old he was. Um, he actually beat, funnily enough, Kai Havertz um, for the for Leverkusen's, Leverkusen's record at the club, the youngest player. Um, he turned 17 actually two weeks ago, so very recently turned 17. Uh, but he, he he didn't look out of place for me. I think that was the crucial thing. Mm. He looked he blended in perfectly um, in a positive way. Good physical yeah, traits yeah. for his age. Um, quite direct. Didn't particularly do anything special, but he just he showed enough. And what once you consider his age in with his performance, you know, there's just a lot of potential there. I think for for, for where he's going to go in the future. Um, funnily enough, the the, the Bundesliga player who's who's the, the youngest ever to appear. Is a former Liverpool uh, loanee. You got any guesses or? No, go on, mate. I don't know that one. Um, Nuri Sahin. Do you remember him? Yeah. Oh, is he? He's still playing in Germany, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He was on the bench for someone this weekend. Can't remember who it was. Is it? I'm, is it someone like? I'm sure it might be Bremen. You know, where the Bremen? Yeah, it might. Yeah, it might have been yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he he made his debut as a 16-year-old. Uh, but yeah, I just thought I'd just throw that one in there for the sake of it. Sounds um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I thought Vets was good. I think he's a player to keep an, keep an eye on. But I think considering this is a little podcast, we can't really not mention Kai Havertz, can we? Yeah, I was about to say, you know, are we surely we're not going to do a podcast without mentioning his name, um, especially after scoring two. Yeah, both headers as well. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what, I did find interesting. You know, I haven't, I haven't really paid much attention to how many head of goals he's, he's got this season. Um, I'll check that now, actually. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you, you kind of forget that that's a benefit of his, you know, of his, of his build, of his size and, and having a good leaping. Um, I mean, he's 6'2", isn't he? So that, that that's something that is kind of, you always consider um, tall forwards as kind of being, you know, 
target men and lump the ball forward. But we know that that is in his game. But it's a nice facet to have uh, on top of what the skill set he already brings. I think being able to you know, put crosses into the box um, and then meeting them, especially when you've got you know you got someone like Diaby we touched on earlier, who's who's so potent in terms of swinging the ball into the penalty area. Yeah. Um, since 2016, he hasn't scored that many. He scored 32 as league of goals, mm. six with his head. Um, That's not bad, though, is not it? Too bad, not too bad at all, especially mm. considering he's only recently turned 20, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I see the perks of being six foot two. Um, and he, he led the line in, in Leverkusen's 4 2 3 1, despite the fact that, you know, throughout the season he's played in central midfield. Um, he's played as a ten, I think. Has played on on the left. Um, so he's obviously a very versatile player. Mm. I remember flagging him in the past, um, many episodes ago about you know potentially being in a future heir to to Firmino at Liverpool. Just that number nine type who's who's inclined to if Liverpool were to keep the the, the current four three three dynamic that we've got. That is. Um, yeah. But the, the way he's in a, he can be a nine that reads seats into midfield and, you know, link with inside forwards who are like you to cut inside. I think he's got that to his game. He's got good spatial awareness around him. Yeah. And yeah. Um, when I was looking at two footers as well, I don't think I've got him on any of the graphics, but I think he's, I think he's about, in, he's inside the top 30 for two footers in the league. So that's another little positive side to his game, especially if he's playing. You know, as a central hub, he's not going to be reluctant to play a pass to his left as opposed to his right, or you know, vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's important. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's, he's five shots on the day. Five was it? Yeah, yeah. I know he. Uh, yeah, I actually <laughs> had a bet on that. Um, they take two shots on on goal, so uh, I was quite happy when he scored those two first two shots <laughs> on target. They had with goals, which was impressive. Um. Yeah, my Bundesliga accumulator was down, stays away. Was it? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Look forward to having the football back so we can lose some money. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, you know what? It's really t- t- tough to, to add anything on. You know, he's now firmly on, on the radar and there's a reason why, because he's because he's so good. Um, and I, I assume he'll end up coming to the Premier League. It'll just be whether Liverpool are willing to, to part with the the money or, or deem that is value worthwhile um, for the outlay, but he, there's no no doubt he's he's exquisite talent. Yeah. Um, anyone else that you want to flag? Um, yeah, I'll flag, I'll flag one more just because when we were doing our alternative 11, he was, he was a player that I flagged who, who wasn't necessarily a like-for-like in terms of Alexander-Arnold, but um, just a really good player in that position. You could, I think, could perform at Liverpool. And he also scored on the weekend, uh, Pavard for Bayern Munich. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, so I just thought, again, he had another really good game. Um, he was just a player that I, I really like. Um, you know, he's, Funny uh, enough, I want to flag a Bayern Munich player, actually. Oh, well, there we go. We can finish on a high here with, with, with Bayern. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he was, again, just... I, I think he... He's, he, he again shows the benefit of maybe having you know, not only really skilled players in their position, but also tall aerial threats because he's 6'1 and his goal come from a header. Um, and you don't really traditionally think of wing-backs as scoring goals with the head, do you? It's It doesn't really seem to, to go in your head, but um, excuse the pun. But I, um, yeah, I just, I, I really like him. Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's it'd be possible that he could end up coming to coming to Liverpool because Munich will have him tied down. Um, but he's he's just a really, really, really good player. I uh, thought he played well against on the weekend. And obviously, as I said, he, he got a goal. Yeah. I just want to flag a player that, you know, I'm sure everybody is aware of. This is not a scouting, you know, a bit of insight. Like that. Uh, but I just think he had a, he had a, a really prompt aim in terms of quantifiable output, quantifi- quantifiable impact on, on proceedings. Uh, and that is Joshua Kimmich. Mm. So, you know, he's, he's regarded commonly as a, as a right-back, but he's been playing in centre midfield, certainly since since Bayern's new regime under um, 
think it's Flick. Um, but he, he had the most touches on the pitch underneath. Um, the only player on Bayern's team to register an assist. He had the highest expected assists value. He registered the joint most shot assists with three, level with Alfonso Davis. The most passes to the final third with 11, followed by Thiago on eight. Also, the most passes into the penalty box with two. That's joint most with Pavard, interestingly, and Gnabry and Lewandowski. He also the joint most crosses into the penalty box and the joint most progressive passes. So clearly, in terms of the quantifiable output of the game, mm. clearly had a, a very notable impact, doing a lot of, of everything, really. A perfect um, numbers game. Yeah, and I think it's it's actually quite mad when you get a player as rare as, rare as Philip Lam, um, who can play as a right-back and a centre-mid, and you're not really pick up on any struggles or anything like that, and he's intelligent enough and capable enough to do it. It's quite rare that once he leaves, you have literally an, an, an heir to his throne right there like that to just do exactly what he was doing. Um, and Kim, I'm, not, I'm not saying Kim is better, he's as good as Lam, but for him to come in as a right-back, pretty much master it, move into central midfield and have impact, you know, like that, that, that that's clearly showing that he's influencing, influencing the match. Mm. Um, I just thought his numbers were quite interesting. Yeah. Especially yeah, considering the level of his teammates. The what? And I was just saying, especially considering the level of his teammates for him to, yeah. to out-quantify, if you like, his teammates. To Stand out in that company type thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. Mm. Um, so, I think one final thing before we... Before we uh, round up there, I'd like to say that that Florian Kane that I mentioned last week actually scored. <laughs> hey. It was a header at the back post. Uh, but other than that, I don't think he did a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, there wasn't. I said to you, didn't I, before we started, it was like, there's a couple of players that I wanted to flag last week that didn't even play. You know, Danny Alno didn't play. Where Hayes yeah. didn't play. A um, little, little bit annoying, but... Um, you know, the good thing is we've it's it's back now, isn't it? So we can we can hopefully get a glimpse into them over the next the next few weeks. Yeah. Um so yeah, I think we'll round up this week, but I, I think it was quite a quite a relevant episode to celebrate the fact that football is now back. Mm. Um possible. Yeah, I think it was generally a good week for Liverpool Tigers, to be honest, considering Werner played well. Um Havertz in particular played well. Um yeah, so I think we'll have yeah. a little bit of a shorter episode, I think. Um, but we'll be back next week with something other than the Bundesliga, I think. So mix it up a little bit. So if you've got any ideas, send them over. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us, Dave. Yeah, cheers, cheers, everyone. And we will see you next week. You've been listening to the Analyzing Anfield podcast on the Blood Red channel.